Good morning, Hopevale. It's a good day to worship the Lord. Let's stand up. We're going to lift our voices to God together.
Heavenly Father, today is your day. Uh, we're here to say, here we are. We show up to this place to see you move and to see what you'd like to do in our hearts and in our lives. So uh, we sing this song, um, uh, when we walked in, uh, do what you want to. And um, Lord, uh, we're reminded in this last song we sang that you've called us higher. So um, uh, you've, you've already done what you'd like in reminding us that we're made for more than just existing. We're made for, uh, we're made for living. We're made for um, pursuing you and your heart and your passions. And so, uh, God, may today be a day where we walk up closer to your side and we realize again and again more and more what it is that you want from us in our life and the things that we need to lay down so you can work and move and use us. It's a pleasure to experience your presence today, God. And uh, we pray that uh, you're blessed with our presence, uh, your children. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, gang. Glad you're here. Uh, take a second while you're standing. Say hi to somebody around you. We'll see you back in a second. Well, I want to welcome you to Hope Vale, everybody. My name is Billy. I'm the worship pastor here. And uh, I've been here for a year and a half, but I feel like I've been here 100 years. Uh, it really is like a home uh, here at Hope Vale. Uh, I remember the first time I came here, uh, it was just a great experience for me to walk in and experience God. And if it's your first time here, I hope it's a just a lovely experience for you today to, to meet with the things of God and to hear from him. And yeah, you know, we got lights and songs and slides and lyrics and all this fun stuff going on, but it's, oh, we do all this stuff to try to engage our senses more in worship. People have been doing that for centuries, you know, uh, uh, smells and bells, as a, they used to say back in the uh, old churches. But I hope you enjoy your time here at Hope Vale and uh, make, make this place home. Sure is home for a lot of people and they love it. Well, a lot of things going on here in the Hope Vale body, friends. We have a, a, a just in the in the idea of outreach and missions. We have a team that just got back a bunch of students. Geez, I think thirty plus students, bunch of adults, and our next gen pastor uh, Sam Burke. They were out with some staff and some uh, and just doing a great work in Chicago, doing a ton of cleanup over there, and a big uh, bunch of youth. So then uh, they're back today, which is uh, yesterday, which is great. Uh, are you guys? Is anybody in here today? Raise your hands that you went. I see two of my buddies over there. Some more over there. Well, two over here. <laughs> so it's good. So, and then uh, uh, just uh, this last weekend, uh, we had about 20 or so people go to the Dominican Republic for a big missions trip. So prayers for them as they've taken off already. So a lot of things, uh, a lot of busyness going on here behind the scenes in the body life at Hopevale. And uh, a lot of your giving supports those kinds of things. And uh, uh, ushers, if you would, right now, come on down. And I uh, just want to remind you that... Uh, you know, as we give, we give to God. We don't give to hope fail or to those things, but God asks us to give to him and to his needs um, for, uh, for, his, uh, for his fame and for his glory, and God uses that in all kinds of different ways, but it is a way that, that it is used. So I uh, don't mean to talk out of both sides of my mouth there if that sounded confusing because we do give to God, but, and God uses it for other things here, which is awesome. So um, let's just say a short word of prayer, ask God's blessing on what's going to be given, and we'll continue our time of worship. So, uh, God, uh, thank you for today. Thank you again that uh, you've made us for yourself. Thank you for all the great things you're doing here in the body here at Hopevale. Uh, we ask your blessing on Bay City, our friends up there as they're worshiping today, uh, getting ready to worship in their 1030 gathering as they're still rehearsing and doing all kinds of setup and different things. So, uh, Lord, for what's going to be given today, we pray that you're honored. We pray that you're glorified in it. Uh, we're singing this next song. Um, 
that uh, where we say this line, I will not fear and his promise is true and my God will come through always. So uh, if we're in a place in our life, God, where giving is kind of tough, I pray that uh, you'd increase our faith and help us to be in a place where giving can be a thing where we really trust you and we won't fear and we'll just trust your promises that you'll provide and um, God, that you'll bless us when we do the things that you call us to do whether that's giving at Hopevale or another church body or anywhere else, uh, giving to the things of you, God. So ask, Lord, your blessing on that and uh, that it would further your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's continue in worship. Rudy's going to lead us.
God, the Bible says that you're the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You are. You are. May this moment make us forget what we're going to have for lunch and who we're going to hang out with after church. Holy moments, God, more of these in our life. More of these moments where time stands still. More of these moments where our problems slip away. More of these moments, God, where you are the great I am in our life. So God, would you do what you want to today? Would you speak a word of encouragement in our life? Jesus' name, we all say together. Amen. God bless you, friends. So glad you're here for worship today. Have a seat. Morning, Hopevale. Uh, I'm Steve Fletcher, and I am your campus pastor in Bay City, and I am excited to be with you this morning. Thank you. I want to give a special welcome and shout out to uh, those of you in Bay City. Uh, feels a little different being on this side of the camera uh, than seeing it in Bay City. So good morning to you. I don't know if you know this here in Saginaw or not, but uh, every single Sunday, when Pastor Dan, or who's ever teaching uh, on a particular day, uh, welcomes Bay City, um, they cheer and they clap and they kind of give this loud applause. And um, so today I want to do something uh, for them, okay? Um, I would like us here in Saginaw to say good morning, Bay City, really loud, okay? So when I count to three, we're going to welcome Bay City. Now, you've got to be loud because my mic is the only mic that's going to pick this up, okay? And, and, and you really need to be loud, all right? So here we go. We ready? We ready? Right. We're awake? Yeah. All right, let's, let's do this. Here we go. One, two, three. Good morning, Awesome. Great job. Now let's try it in Bay City and see if they can come back here. If I tell them to say good morning, Saginaw, I can guarantee you that they will. So we're going to see if we can hear them. Listen carefully, and there, there might be a little delay. So Bay City, are we ready? On three, we're going to say good morning, Saginaw. Here we go. One, two, three. It's happening, trust me. Listen. Good morning, Saginaw. <laughs> They're doing it, I can guarantee. Uh, They're excited to be a part of what's going on and what God is doing and to hear what God has in store for us every single day. So, um, just uh, so excited to be about, uh, about the work that's going on there, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. But, um, you know, I feel like we could do that cheer, like, we love uh, Jesus, yes we do, we love Jesus, how about you? Like, I think that we could get that going back and forth between the, the two uh, locations. Um, and they would def definitely jump in on it. So, this morning, um, 
As I said, I'm excited to be with you. It's, it's great to be back here in Saginaw with the opportunity to share what God has laid on my heart. And, and it's uh, something special, I think, for each one of us today. Um, this summer series, entitled One Another, is going to be powerful and I believe can be life-changing for each and every one of us. Pastor Ken started us off last week with the foundation for the rest of the summer when he talked about Jesus' call for us to love one another. And so today, we're going to look at encourage one another. And before we get to the scripture, and before I get to the, the heart of the message, I simply want to uh, encourage you because of what you've done. And I don't know if you realize this or not, many of you were a part of helping get Bay City, our Bay City campus, off the ground in some capacity. You probably gave to the Christmas outreach offering, which went towards launching Bay City. Or maybe you were praying for us. But there are great things happening since February when we did our grand opening. There's incredible opportunity. We're seeing people come to a greater understanding of who Jesus is and what he's done for them. We have the opportunity to build a body just a few miles away that's going to have impact in their community. Our mission of inviting others to know and follow Jesus is continually being outworked in the lives of others. And that is because you had vision and passion to go beyond our walls here and to invest and pray and start to build something in addition to what's here in Saginaw. So this is a great opportunity. There's wonderful things happen. We've had our first wedding in Bay City. Uh, a couple families have had their first babies, and we're going to do some uh, child dedications soon. And it won't be long before we're doing baptisms as well. These are great growth steps and great opportunities for us to impact others. And here's the best part. There is hardly a Sunday that goes by that after service that I'm not engaged in a conversation with somebody about their own personal walk with Jesus or praying with them that God would intercede in their life with what's going on, with what they're experiencing. Thank you for that. Thank you for sowing into that. Now, I could continue on, but there's a message to give, okay? There's some other words I think that God has for us, but um, this is where we have the opportunity. We have the opportunity to, for Jesus to meet us and for us to meet Jesus. So I want to know, are there any uh, baseball fans left in America? I know, it's tough, right? And especially if you're a Tiger, there's a few. Especially if you're a Tiger fan, it's like, it could be a little discouraging, right? I want to share a couple of baseball stories. There was this gentleman who uh, pulled up to this little league field one day. And as he pulled up to the field, he got out of his car, he walks up to the field, and he noticed one uh, young man by the fence. He was on the team, he had his uniform on, he kind of came up behind the young man, and he said, hey, what's the score? And the little boy turns around and he looks at him and he said, it's 18 to 0. And he said it with a little enthusiasm in his voice. And the guy thought, wow, this, this team's doing really well. And he's like, we're losing. The guy's like, well, you don't seem very discouraged by losing 18 to 12. And the little boy looks at him and he's like, why should I be discouraged? We haven't even had a chance to bat yet. May of 1991, a gentleman by the name of Ricky Henderson was on the verge of breaking the stolen base record for the most number of steals in a career. 
Ricky Henderson had only been playing baseball for 12 years. The man prior to Ricky Henderson who held that record was a guy that if you're older, you may recognize his name. His name was Lou Brock. It took Lou Brock 19 years to get that record. On this particular day in this particular month, USA Today reported that Lou Brock was rather enthused about what was going to happen with Ricky Henderson. USA Today, I don't know if it's one of those old, old things we call them newspapers. You remember those things? Yeah. Lou Brock said this in the USA Today. I'll be there to watch it happen. Do you think I'm going to miss this opportunity? It only took Ricky 12 years to do what it took me 19 years to do. You see, Lou Brock had become one of Ricky Henderson's biggest fans. And he wasn't shy about telling others about it, and he wasn't shy about telling Ricky Henderson about it. And as a matter of fact, he would even encourage Ricky Henderson to do it quicker. You've got this. Go do it. Go steal another base. Get two more tonight. Lou Brock became Ricky Henderson's biggest fan. The real success stories in life are with people who can rejoice in the successes of others. What Lou Brock did in cheering on Ricky Henderson should be a way of life in the family of God. We should take lessons from guys like Lou Brock and bring out the best in others. I want you to stop and think about this for just a minute. Think about something with me. When was the last time you were encouraged by someone? What were their words? Do you remember them? Or how about the opposite? When was the last time you were discouraged? Have you experienced discouragement lately? Do you remember what was said or what was done? What's easier to recall? If you've been encouraged, I think it's like a piece of gold. It's something valuable. It's something we treasure. It's something to hold on to. And I think if we've been discouraged by someone or something, it has a way of leaving its mark. It doesn't feel very good. It hurts. It stings. And it can even leave a bitter taste in our mouth. Has life brought you some discouragement? Have the kids had you at your wits end lately? Does it seem that you can't do the right thing at work? Does it seem as though your spouse is on you about every single thing? Don't turn and look. <laughs> Are your teenagers acting like aliens from another planet? Did the car break down again? Did mom and dad tell you they're getting a divorce? Did your boyfriend or girlfriend dump you? Did the air conditioning go out on the hottest day of the summer? Does the list just grow? Does the, does the discouragement multiply? Are you overwhelmed and underappreciated? Does there seem to be no end in sight? Now, I know you're sitting here saying, Steve, hold on a second. I thought this was about encouraging one another. We'll get there, okay? My, but my encouragement starts with this foundation. If you find yourself tangled up and discouraged in the list maybe that I just mentioned or maybe in some other way, then I want to give you a word of encouragement. And the word of encouragement is this. You're doing better than you think. You're doing better than you think. Look at your neighbor. 
Tell them, you're doing better than you think. Tell them, you're doing better than you think. Life can be a mess. You can be discouraged. You can feel condemned. But you're doing better than you think. And here's why. John 3, 16 and 17 tells us this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You see, the answer is in Jesus. It's found in Jesus. That's where this all starts for each one of us. It's my first piece of encouragement. When you take a step of placing your faith and your trust in Christ, it changes everything. It doesn't mean life becomes perfect, but it means that your disappointment and your condemnation and your discouragement can all change. If you've never taken that initial step with Jesus, it can happen at any moment. It can happen right here in your seat this morning. It can happen at home. Or as one guy just recently told me, it happened for him on the way home from a church softball game of all places. And it's simple. All we've got to do is recognize and realize that our sin separates us from God, right? Our sin gets in the way. But all we've got to do is recognize that and turn from that sin and acknowledge Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And as I said, that can happen anywhere. I want you to know that if your hope rests in Christ, that you're doing better than you think you are because you're taking steps with Jesus. By you being here this morning, by you joining us, you're in some way taking a step with Jesus. You might be searching and trying to figure it out, or you might be sitting here starting to grow deeper in your walk with him. Whatever it is, you're doing better than you think you are. And you know what? In discouragement, we're not alone because Jesus experienced discouragement. I mean, he was the son of a carpenter, right? He was from Nazareth, right? Who, what good comes from Nazareth? He was betrayed by his disciples. He was denied by his friends. He was ridiculed by the religious. And I believe his disciples experienced some of the very same things. I believe the Apostle Paul went through some tough times. They knew life was going to be tough. They knew that ministry wasn't going to be easy. They faced oppositions. They knew that the obstacles in front of them were going to be there. As I said, life can be tough. But with Jesus, it can work. They knew what it was like to run this race filled with things in front of them that they could potentially stumble on. And I think that's why Paul wrote in the book of Hebrews. So if, if you've got your Bible with you this morning or your Bible app, I want to encourage you to flip to the, the book of Hebrews and go to chapter 3. Hopefully you have Hebrews chapter 3 in your Bible, right? Follow along with me on the screen if you don't. It's there, trust me. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. Encourage. Encourage means to, to put courage into 
someone. Think about what Jesus did. Jesus called fishermen to drop their nets, and he put courage into them to follow him. He called a tax collector to leave the only way of life that he ever knew and to follow him. He put courage into them. He put courage into them to face a storm. And you know what? It wasn't the last storm that they were going to face, but he prepared them for future storms in their life that they would have to withstand. He put courage into them to overcome the world, and he will do the same for you. He will put courage into us to travel through the tough times in life. I want to encourage you today with this. I want to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Can you put that verse back up on the screen for just a second? Is it there still? See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily. None of you have a sinful, unbelieving heart because that's where the questions come in. That's what will pull us down and pull us away from our walk with Christ and ultimately from encouraging others in their walk with Jesus. If indeed you hold your original convictions, hold to those original convictions. Here's how we can do that. I want to encourage you in your walk first, before we get to encouraging others, in your walk, here's some things we can do daily. Remember the cross and your original conviction. Remember the price that Christ paid for you. Remember the price that he paid for you. Why? Because it brings great value. You are valuable. Think of this. Think of the value that you have, that someone would lay down their life for you or for me. The second thing is daily. Think about your BC life. What does that mean, your BC life? Before Christ. Your life before Christ. What have you been rescued from? Maybe you're still in that place. Or maybe today that's starting to change for you or is changing or has changed. I want to encourage you, you don't live in that place. You don't live in your past. But don't forget the depths from with what he rescued you from. It helps us to live with gratitude if we remember our BC life. And daily, the third thing, daily, break the routine of rituals and live for relationship. I want to encourage you to make the most out of your walk with Jesus and not just have it be about meaningless rituals. Live in the freedom that Christ has given to each one of us. Come to church on Sunday expecting God to do great things. We're not just going to go through the motions. You see, at any given moment, Jesus can change everything for anyone. It's far from routine. And I want to encourage you in your walk with this, to daily sit at the feet of Jesus. I want to encourage you to slow down for a second, to hit the pause button, and to get to know Jesus for yourself. As you grow, you'll find yourself in a place where you're able to give out of the abundance of your heart. God's word tells us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When we think about encouragement, 
Our words are a huge part of that. They can be powerful. If we sit at the feet of Jesus, if we're filled up, then there will be a natural place for encouragement to come out when we start to think about other people. Look at your neighbor. Give him a little bump. Tell him to be filled. Be filled. Because it's on the inside. It's what comes out from us. Now, I want to encourage you to encourage one another. That's what the scripture said, right? Encourage one another. 1 Thessalonians also speaks about this in chapter 5, verses 9 through 11. If you flip towards the front of your Bible a little further, just to 1 Thessalonians, a few books. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as in fact you are doing. Build one another up. I want to encourage you to live as people, to live as leaders who live authentic, Christ-led, spirit-filled lives who encourage others, who build others up. You pour into others. You bring the best out of them. We're surrounded by people every single day that can use a word of encouragement whether it's on a Sunday morning or whether it's the other 167 hours during the week. We talk about 168 here at Hopevale, right? It's a long week. There's people all around that need us to encourage them. God has put them in your path for a reason. It's not just about this fluffy, eloquent, empty word that inflates someone else's ego. That's called flattery. That's not what I'm talking about. William Arthur Ward, an inspirational writer, once said this, Flatter me, and I may not believe you. Criticize me, and I may not like you. Ignore me, and I may not forgive you. But encourage me, and I will not forget you. Encourage one another. That's what I'm talking about. Sincere, honest encouragement. If we're going to care for one another and do church better, it starts by us being the church for one another. That's really the bottom line. It's about who Christ has called us to be and how we can bring confidence and encouragement to others. Titus was one of Paul's best friends. And Titus and Paul had a, a close relationship. But there were times that they were discouraged. And in the book of Corinthians, it talks about one of these times where they had experienced some discouragement because of what was going on in the lives of those around them and what they were trying to do to help the Corinthians and to build them up. And it says this, By all this we are encouraged, in addition to our own encouragement, we were especially delighted to see how happy Titus was because his spirit has been refreshed by all of you. His spirit was refreshed because of what the people around him were doing and what they were saying. You can honestly refresh someone else. You can bring life to them. You can change the course of where they're heading by your words if those words are filled with the love of Christ. 
If we have our foundation in the right place. So I want to wrap up with a few random thoughts from Steve today. Okay? I want us to encourage one another. And you know what? This doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be difficult. This should be something that's natural and really simple. Don't overthink it. It just flows out of the love that Jesus has for us. And if we're loving him, it's going to be a natural thing for us to love one another, as Pastor Ken spoke about last week. And if we can love one another, then let's encourage one another. It's not hard. See this tub? This tub is filled with some signs. You never know how your words are going to encourage someone else. A few years back, my family and I were going through a really tough time. I woke up one morning and went to take our dog out for her morning uh, duties. And when I went out to the front of our house, there were signs like this placed all over the front edge of our lawn, from one end of our property to the other. One of my former staff members named Erin, she gathered some friends, she gathered some people that had been involved in our Youth for Christ ministry, and they made signs up. Some were simple, some just said thanks. Others had scripture on them, like Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And then there were some that were a little more personal. There were some that uh, said, Fletch, thanks for always driving the bus to Florida and D.C. for the conferences so hundreds of teens could have their lives impacted by the message of Jesus. Thanks for being willing to be a little crazy. I'm not sure if this part's completely accurate. It says, thanks for wearing a toilet seat cover on your head. I'm not sure what that's about. To get the attention and make them realize how fun living for him can really be. Another one said, hey, Fletch, I've always looked up to you and your love for Jesus. You've been willing to talk to me whenever I've needed it. And it goes on into some details about the impact in this young person's life. Thanks for listening to my problems and directing me to Jesus, Jamie. And then one, I, I pulled these back out. So Steve, you're a gifted communicator of God's love and we appreciate your dedication to sharing the gospel. And then the other one that's here, oh, here it is. Thank you for being so real. Thank you for your encouragement over the last two years. This comes from somebody that's at Hopevale today who wrote this about nine or ten years ago. This is from Melody Litsky. And it's just a note of encouragement. You never know the smallest things can make the biggest difference. And let me tell you what, I kept those for years because they're powerful and they're impactful to this day for me to be able to go back. That's not about building Steve up. Forget that. This is a handoff about what God can do in and through you, in and through each and every one of us. Your words can make a difference. Your actions can turn life around for someone else. That is my biggest piece of encouragement this morning. It's so easy to criticize and condemn and find fault. God calls us to encourage one another 
because it makes all the difference in the world. If we're going to do church better, this is vital. So I want to close with one other example of how we can be an encouragement to someone else. If you'll direct your attention to the screens, we're going to look at a video that goes back a little ways to the Olympics in 1992 from Barcelona, Spain. Take a look at the screen and see what happened. encourage you today, don't give up. Wherever you're at in your walk with Jesus, don't give up. If your walk with Jesus is going great, figure out a way to be an encouragement to somebody else. Maybe this week it's sending a note. Maybe this week it's making a phone call. Let someone know. Let someone know the impact that they've had in your life.
It can change the direction for them. You can find the potential in someone else, not to just bring out their best, but to equip them for ministry, to equip them for the future that they have in Christ, for the work that God has for them here. Maybe we just need to walk beside someone and help them get to the finish line. Encourage one another. Don't give up on yourself. Remember, you're doing better than you think you are. You can overcome whatever it is that's discouraging you if you give it to Christ. Don't give up on Jesus. Remember what he's done for us and where you've come from. And don't give up on others. Remember what they have to offer and build them up by encouraging one another. By encouraging one another, you affirm the love that God has for them and their value to him. And remember this, remember the value that you have because of the price that he paid. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this morning. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be together in your house, in your place. You've called us to meet like this, Lord. Father, today, we come before you. God, we are sometimes discouraged, but God, thank you that we can look to you for encouragement. Thanks for the hope that you give us. And Father, may we take that hope and place our own faith and trust in Jesus, and may we take that hope and give it away and encourage others in who they are because of what you've done for them. God, help us to love others. Help us to encourage others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, let's stand before we leave. If we're going to be an encouragement to each other, it can only come from the encouragement that we have in God. So let's sing this together. Who am I that the highest king would welcome? I was lost, but he brought me into his love.
child of God. There is room in his house for each and every one of us. I want to encourage you, wherever you're at with Jesus, to be looking at life. And what does that mean to include him as a part of that? Who the Son sets free is free indeed. My biggest words of encouragement is to seek Jesus with everything that you have and all that you are. May you go this week, because of his love for us, being an encouragement to those around you as you encourage one another. God bless.